Diane, I don't know too much about this time. All right, cool. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Work Weekly Podcast. Um, this is our third episode. Um, I'm still joined by... Rashida. Ade. And Kezia. Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about a whole host of topics that affect... Um, about issues that affect the Black community. Um, the first topic we're going to be talking about is a bit controversial. It's about youth cults. And do they actually exist? And if they do, like, what, what are they, like? Yeah, how do they exist? Um, Somebody's pastor's gonna get angry. But <laughs> <laughs> do you know what it is? Yeah, obviously we're gonna focus like on on kind of the religion because I think that's kind of a lot of like people's interaction with cults, and and they probably don't see it as cults. They see In it church. as religious institutions. Not yeah. necessarily just church. Not necessarily church. Yeah, I don't want to name specific institutions and specific groups. You get, a, you get, a, get a lawsuit on you. Get, you get, a, like, get a libel suit. Like, that is will pull out, as I say, people's pastors. <laughs> gonna get upset. I feel like young people just naturally are very vulnerable just because we haven't had that life experience. We don't know that there are actually people in this world that are actually out to get us. You know, everyone is your friend. No, it's true. And I think when you grow up in a society that's very friendly, very caring, because the UK is a quite tolerant society. Things are, you know, done for you. Everything's nice. You don't realise that there are, there are organisations that don't have your best, Interest at heart, like the army. Trying to get you murdered. <laughs> this guy. So obviously, <laughs> obviously, um, obviously, I feel like there are a lot of people I know personally um, that were looking for something. Maybe they felt like what they were doing in life wasn't fulfilling, and they found it within a religious institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and what tended to happen was that religious institution was exploiting them for maybe their money, their time. Because also your time is very precious. Mm. Or to seem all their blood. Or even to <laughs> even to um, exonerate themselves to get that fame. Like some pastors, they may not be doing it for the money. They may just be doing it for the clout. Like they love talking to a large group of people and essentially getting that um, gratification. Mm. So it's a double-edged sword here yeah, because you could argue that they, they've essentially used the Bible to kind of, or any religious book to try and bring people together. Because the whole reason why people are even joining these kind of organizations is because they're looking for a family, yeah, community and, and community, right? And would you rather them join a gang? Would you rather them join a religious institution that's exploiting them? It's, it's a double-edged sword because I, I would I would say both are wrong, but I think it's very difficult. And when you hear the stories of people that have lost their student loan that are now in debt because they they've end been up right back where that that religious group picked them up at. Oh, yeah, that's exactly. They, that's even the they, lower, they even end up lower. They even end up worse off, from. So even if we try and make that comparison, like, would you rather them be on the street or be in this religious what, what, what? Like, from that loan that you've taken out or from that time that you've sacrificed or whatever, the implications of that can land you right back in that situation from which they drew you. From. You're in debt, but you have Jesus. Well, now you feel better. But you know, it's a lot of the people that leave end up Some seeing the light and leaving. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of them that see the light and leave, yeah, they they even more anti-religion. Mm. Like they even they even hate Christianity Absolutely. now. Like do you get what I'm trying to say, and it's so it's so mad because it's like, what can we actually do as a people? Yeah. And I feel like people don't care, especially in London, because I feel like youth courts have been on the rise for time. Mm. Like, and it's so it's so um, what's the word? It's so normalised, like, you see people doing evangelism, like, for example, in Woolwich or in Peckham or whatever, and they're handing out flyers saying, come to this event, you know, chill night, we're playing games and stuff. And a lot of the people that attend these events are young kids, like 16, 15, so is that what it's 17. Younger. That's what, that's what it starts, younger. right? It's, it's they're they're taking the year eights in, ch- in, in, in Woolies. Yeah, they're, they're taking the eights, yeah, in, in, in Moolies, for the example. We'll be bringing them in. And what, what, what you have to understand is these people are indoctrinated and brainwashed. You get what I'm trying to say? So into, into what? Into believing what exactly? Into believing what the church wants them to believe, even well, if no, it's no, in the well, Bible. I'm, I'm talking about the, 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 the cult side of it you're saying now. Yeah, so what I'm trying to say is that the problem with they the use the Bible, right, mm-hmm. to say that we're a Christian organisation. Right. But what they're preaching may not even be in the Bible. They're adding their own... Special dish. Do you know what yeah. I'm trying to say? So when, you, when you get that with like war churches, really. No, I'm, but I'm then, then, I, think, then, I think what Toby's speaking to is the exploitation of young minds yeah. that maybe haven't had the life experience or the world experience to be able to counter that with anything else. So, what, like, so for what example, if someone to told do? you, so if someone told you, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say I met you when you were 15, right? Yeah. And I'm like, look, I want you to be a good Christian. You're like, yeah, Christianity, that's calm. Mm-hmm. I start inviting you to my house. We play games. We play FIFA. Yeah. 
Then I start every every time we meet up, I'm preaching more and more stuff mm-hmm. of my of my views and my values. I'm telling you stuff like you have to be obedient to your pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm your pastor. Mm-hmm. I'm your dad. Yeah. I'm your dad. Toby, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Nah, drop names. Tony's gonna drop names today. References are being made to certain establishments. No, no, I'm not, I'm not dropping names. But if I'm telling you yeah, that I'm your dad <laughs> and that you have to listen to me. Mm-hmm. And then I, I find a quote in the Bible that backs that up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, cool. Maybe I have to start taking this stuff seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I can then exploit you. So exploit you I have, in I have terms made of you then, then financially, emotionally. I can exploit you whatever way I want. No, because I don't know about these things. No, 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 no yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, I'm think, just saying. I think, yeah. It's the sign. It's like these institutions are the signs to create basically soldiers. They soldiers pre- to what? It's like... To do what, like not drug less, running or what? No, is not drug on? running. But not necessarily that. To, to, I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't bro, listen. It's bro. funny. Like, I don't know. I don't. I like the context is completely missing. I, yeah, I grew up. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Essex. It's like you're not even trying to understand. It's like I think no. I think just to make it clear, because Toby and I have spoken about this a lot, and maybe have come from environments where we've seen this firsthand. So I think what we're kind of speaking to, even the term cult, from like an anthropological point of view. That is a very contested term. People don't really refer to themselves as cults. People refer to it as like a new religious movement or all types of different types of languages. Communities. Right. Um, but what Toby's speaking to in, in, in this particular question is these religious establishments, um, our experiences have been church, cheers, um, that kind of attract a, a large amount of young people into these churches using very like initially nice seeming innocent kind of tactics of mm-hmm. community, family, games, all of that sort of stuff. But in that process kind of embark on a on a aim of indoctrination or like submission or trying to get these young people to be particularly loyal to this establishment not even to the religion but to the institution the, yeah yeah yeah, yeah um, so that specific pastor or right. to yeah, the yeah, person yeah. who is running As that in they're breeding loyal soldiers to the institution right. and then that exposes them to be exploited right. so financially so they're basically saying that you need to be given 10% of your income or I heard a revelation from God he wants you to give me 500 pounds he wants you to take out a loan so that I can invest it in this and that for the and in certain of, of in certain community. in certain in certain um, situations that I've heard personally you've yeah. got people giving their entire student loan to these organisations. Their entire student loan. Yeah. They're signing contracts that get themselves into debt to these to, and, and yeah. they're giving the money to these um, um institutions. There's even trap houses. Is that what they're called? I can't remember what the, they're called. The, the church um, trap houses. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're basically essentially houses. So many of these people are vulnerable kids. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. They have nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. So what the church will say is that okay, you've got nowhere to go, come live with us. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm. But it's like even um, I've, I've heard a certain story where someone was working and they were living in one of these trap houses and they had to pay, give their wages. As soon as they earn anything, they had to give it to their, to their pastor. Oh. And their pastor would then decide how much of their own paycheck they what would What does pay. that sound like to you? Does that sound like <laughs> what you do every day when you go to work? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And have you heard, obviously, this was... Made prominent in the news most recently by Spac Nation yeah. and all of yeah. that. But stuff. we, I wasn't sure what it was right. about. But my my thing is, and I think that's the thing that's frustrated me about this whole Spac Nation like obsession is that Spac Nation for me is one example of several uh, that I have um, Spac Nation seen is just and the, bad, the, the worst out of a it, bad bunch. Right, it's the, for me, Spac Nation is the tip of the iceberg. They've just been getting attention because they have money. They're doing all this drill stuff and blah blah blah, um, and they've received a lot of media attention, but. In my view, churches that are disproportionately filled with young people always make me feel uncomfortable. When there's like this one leader and there's like all these young... Yeah, and there's just all these young people that are just surrounding this one leader. I think that's problematic. I really do. And I think I've seen the ways in which some of these churches exploit young people. They exploit the Bible. They bastardise the Bible. They bastardise Jesus and all that Jesus represents and stands for in the first place and try and use... Uh, the, the the rhetoric of Christianity to to exploit young people and, and I think it, I think I think it's incredibly scary. I think a lot of our parents and I think one predominant indicator of these kind of cults is the glorification and the magnification of their leader. Mm. If we're talking about Christian in in the Christian context, the only thing that should be magnified and glorified is the word, mm. is what has directly come from God. These pastors and preachers are just kind of a means by which people can encounter God, mm. but they are not the be all and end all. But what we're finding in a lot of these cults is that they're like, Pastor XYZ changed my life, Pastor XYZ mm. did this, Pastor XYZ that, Pastor XYZ this, as opposed to Jesus did this. So, God what's the difference this. between this then? I'm wondering, what's the difference between this and like 
some of the churches that you know the American mega churches and some of the churches we have. Do you know what it is? I, th- I think the reason why we're talking about youth cults specifically mm-hmm. is because I feel like people have seen almost a business opportunity. They see that young people's minds are very easily infiltrated and very easy to exploit. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Because obviously <laughs> you can hear, you can hear. So so in mega churches, for example, mm-hmm. there's a lot of similarities in the sense where where the pastors glorified, they get ridiculous amounts of offering, but at that point you're an adult. Like they're not disproportionately represented by young people. The majority of people that make up a mega church are people from all walks of life. Yeah, but that's you know what I'm trying to they, say. Yeah, but they, they get more money. So doesn't that mean the expectation is more because they expect No, it's not about getting more money. more money, but I think the point that we're trying to make here is who in particular has been exploited. Because even in the type of even even within young people, there's a certain kind of young person that they're going to exploit. It's True. the young person who comes from a low income background. It's the young person who you know, because of the because of their cards that have been dealt in life haven't been given much to believe in. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, like you, you for someone who is vulnerable, who hasn't got anything to believe in and who hasn't kind of shaped and molded their mind to be confident and solid in one thing, it's so easy to come and be like, this is what you should believe in, this is what you should adhere to, and this is kind of what I can give to you. But the thing is that, you know, it's like like kind of the depiction of the the, the relationship of the West with Africa. They're giving with one hand, but then they're taking... Ten times more with the other, right. and 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 it's, it's that that's the problem about who specifically they're targeting. These children from low economic backgrounds who might not have kind of a lot of influence and guidance from the adults in their lives, and 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 that's kind of what the fundamental kind of issue that we're addressing here is. Okay, okay, right, I see. But so in that case, why why then do you think a lot of the the adults do a lot of these same things? I mean, they're not vulnerable people; they think for themselves. How why do, why is it that they give so much money to these um? Well, so what's the difference? I think, no, I, think I, think, difference, I think you're saying why. You're, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, I think, I think it, it's obviously very psychological in it, in a sense that the way they kind of reel people in, it's it's all grooming tactics. It's all been identified before. I think it just has a new face on it, and this kind of you caught, you've caught, and the way um, churches are reeling in young people has never really been done on this scale before. That's why I'm so outraged about it. People are handing, so? yeah. People are handing I'm, over I'm sure their whole I'm, I'm sure it probably has, but it's just no, a lot more. I, 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 in I our think face. Do you know what it is in the past. Young people have been so safeguarded to the point where if something like this was going on, I don't think that's true. Though I no, think, I think to be, I think church. A lot of churches are terrible at safeguarding. I don't think there's enough safeguarding in churches, and I think safeguarding is one of those things that people feel as if sometimes it prevents like real organic relationships from emerging. And if I'm honest, in the churches that I grew up in. Maybe the safeguarding wasn't great, but I was also able to, like, I felt, for me, in my experience of church, right, church has provided, like, no other space in my life, a sense of family, a sense of love that I haven't received anywhere else, I don't think. Um, But at the same time, I think because of that, that's what makes uh, the safeguarding issue so difficult sometimes, where people don't want to disrupt the kind of organic bonds. I think people feel very um, disgruntled by the amount of safeguarding that exists in today's day and age and you can't really talk to kids anymore and you can't touch or hug a child if if they're going through something difficult. And churches haven't been great at safeguarding, I, I don't think, and I don't think the safeguarding policy is great. I think what we're seeing, the culmination of this kind of excessive capitalism, social media, all of these issues are a lot closer to us than they potentially were before. But I, I, I would be uncomfortable with saying that young people haven't been exploited in these environments before. Mm. But I wouldn't say it's more closer to us than it was before, because again, we know parents, we know of a lot of older black people that believe in this one person. We have, um, I don't know, like, let me not name drop a church, but, <laughs> but you know, we have, we know, mega churches we have in our own countries where, you know, there's that one leader that has a private jet and, you know, he's on TV doing these so-called miracles and stuff. So I wouldn't say it's new in that regard. You, I don't really but, know what the difference is. No, 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 is. but I, I just feel like, for young people, because mm-hmm. I feel like when you're when you're when you're an adult, right, you've made decisions that have brought you to the point you are in your life, and kind of your decisions are more your own. But when you're intentionally intentionally targeting targeting kids. people that are 14, 15, 14 years old, just so you can indoctrinate them, so when they get a bit older, you own them. Mm-hmm. Because the longer you stay in these cults, the harder it the, is. The, yeah, the harder it is you leave because all your friends become members of the cult. cult. Mm-hmm. If you leave, everyone will shun you. Yep. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So it, it's a it's, um, type of um, psychological abuse. You've also abuse. broken relationships with people outside of the cult. So yeah. It's hard yeah, to revive right, them right. so that you can be pulled that's, that's out. What, that's what they also do. So they also encourage you to stop so talking to, to people. Yeah, they, they encourage you to cut off your friends that aren't in the cult. 
Do you get what I'm trying to say? No, no, or I get in it, the I religious organisation. It. It's not like I don't understand it, but I'm just. You're asking what's the difference? Yeah, to me, it seems more like an expectation of poor people than of or like yeah, because when you talk about these issues, that's what you know people give their pastors money to pray for them so they you know get more money or something like that, and they don't really understand how. It's a bit contradictory to give them money, for them to pray for you to get money. Just, just give me my money back, <laughs> you know. That's some money I, I could have had if I didn't give it to you. So I don't really understand the difference in that. I've get, it, it, to me, it seems more like a, a poor, you know, being a poor or disadvantaged, maybe in some other ways, divide than being, you know, being young. I don't but really I, see I think the point is that it's, ex- the uniqueness it's exacerbated that. by youth. And that young, young people, whether we like it or not, are... More vulnerable. more vulnerable than adults. But, they, but then you can say they're also more rebellious. So you do see a lot of situations where young people rebel from the whole idea of going to church and, you know, you No, absolutely, absolutely. But bro, that, that doesn't take away peop- from them being the, vulnerable, then. Bro, bro, the people they're targeting are those people that rebelled, bruv, because they're speaking to them. No, no I don't they, mean rebelled in the sense that, you know, they're joining gangs. I just mean rebellious and, like, you know, they're just not religious anymore. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that these places are designed, the way they're structured is to bring people that wouldn't traditionally go to ordinary churches. These places are are designed for young people. It's like a breeding ground. It's like, and, and I, feel, I feel like um, a lot of it is to do with like what everyone has said, you know, the economic backgrounds where these people come from. But a lot of it is to do with like people coming from backgrounds where there's like, for example, fatherless homes. Um, they might have um, a mummy issues or daddy issues. See what I'm trying to say? And they're looking for that in someone and that tends to be a pastor. Um, so why do you think adults do it then? Why do you think... It, it could it could be for the same reasons. My, my thing is that I would rather focus the attention on the fact that young people as, at a particular age are being targeted than, than focus on adults. I don't have the numbers. Al- al- but... Also, I think, in my experience anyways, like, I feel like adults maybe more do it for... There's this kind of prosperity gospel was about gaining material benefits. In my observation of these churches, they're not promising to give oh, the young yeah, people true. any kind of material benefits. True, no, what they're, they're promising not. is family, community, love. You're part of this. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think mm-hmm. there are people who are not even necessarily part of those mega churches like that, but will still contribute financially because of the promise of some kind of material benefit. But these young people aren't necessarily being promised that. I think it'd be good to get some numbers on it to see like, if there is... Because it seems to me like a very, not it's, not it's, very, but somewhat engineered it's difficult, kind of... It's difficult to... And a lot of these youth churches, sorry, as well, they're not mega churches. They might be small churches. That are, 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 and No, yeah, I was only making a comparison to the mega church to show that there's not really, a, you know, a different rate in terms of it happening to younger people and older people. So I don't really no, see not, where the pandemic the is. Rates. It's about the intentions and it's about and the, the mentality that with which people are giving. Are adult, there's adults that are giving very willingly... But the the issue is that with young people, they're less likely to be because also young people. I mean, maybe you maybe, maybe I should speak for myself. I'm broke as hell. <laughs> so for for a young person to give up, you know, money, whatever money they are able to get a hold of, there has to be a, a severe level of indoctrination to be able to for the for the level of 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 money and and the things that they're giving um kind of to this church and i feel like with adults you know you you have stable fine relatively stable finances compared to a young person i think if you look at the and 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 there's a more like you you can like as, as they said you have that life experience you can make you know obviously adults can be manipulated but i think the the it's, it's about it's not about kind of oh well young adults young people and adults are both giving it's about what is the intention and how has that giving come about which mm. is the issue right. and what we're saying here is that with young people that giving has come about through manipulation and through coercion and through all those things and that it's particularly disgusting because it's being targeted to 13 14 15 year olds okay. who are even, in no position to give it's, it's not that even much just to about it's not i don't even think it's just about wealth because pastors and ch- in ch- religious institutions have been have been exploiting people for time have been taking money from people for time i think what's different is the psychological and emotional abuse that people are going through like mm. these religious institutions will act all nice will you in and then tell you if you leave everyone will shun you like she get you get how mad that is and and it's like so many people are trapped and have nowhere to go and it's an issue that isn't spoken about because it disproportionately affects poor people people of color and also because they're using the word church this country is a Christian country. The minute someone hears church, they start clapping their hands. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, and when young people, when young people are even getting into these, are get when 
young people are even getting into these religious institutions, what they'll be saying to their parents is, I'm going to church. Their mum's probably proud of them mm. for the first year. Then they realise that they, their child's been brainwashed mm. and there's nothing they can do. Because a lot of what these institutions say as well is don't listen to your parents. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's, it's crazy, right? It's, mm. it's crazy. I think um, it's an issue that we definitely have to speak about. No, no, I've learned a lot. I didn't know about it. I, I thought it was just in the sense of like, they you know bring them in to like have them you know sell drugs and that's what I thought. I didn't know it was just about taking them. I thought it was more about like you know. No, no, no. It's like some Sicario kind of scene, drug running and all that kind of stuff. No, that's what no, I think no. It's, it's a lot of like manipul- manipulation and stuff. But um. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I fam, we even use LinkedIn, bruv. LinkedIn is the <laughs> Me and Toby hate LinkedIn. Yeah, man, I hate it. Why? The whole explain, innit? Oh, we're we're, we're, we're going to let you know why we hate LinkedIn. First, um, blackness being tied with struggle. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, personally, I feel like on certain platforms, LinkedIn, cough, cough, um, there's this, bruv, like every single person that posts that's black basically says the same thing. Uh, I struggle to get where I am or... I lost my leg, I lost my arm. <laughs> and now and now I'm a bank rat. Then their mum had five heart attacks. And now, and now I'm a bank rat at Goldman Sachs. Look at me. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to say? I, I, don't, this, I don't even know about LinkedIn it's, it's, like this. It's, it's, it's all the same kind of st- struggles. And I feel like, will being black always be tired to struggle? Like, can you can we, can we not escape it? Even that celebrity we were saying, yeah, that went on, on do you remember the celebrity you brought up in the previous episode? Oh yeah, um, I was talking about Tanache yeah. and how yeah. she was talking about how her success has been limited because black people aren't supporting her because she's mixed race. Yeah, all right, cool. You, you hear all of that, bruv. So every single, every black person, no matter how kind of superior they are in the hierarchy of, of blackness, or always trying to say, yeah, my struggle, my struggle, I'm trying to say, I struggled more than you. Like oppression Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think it's, it's difficult because like, we, we, we know that as black people, there are very, there, there are just so many barriers that are up against us. And then to kind of, to be in a position where, you know, for, for, for maybe the average white person, they're like, yeah, this is standard stuff. Sometimes for us, is it isn't kind of perceived as, as, as being, you know, that standard um, attainable achievement. And I think we also do have to very much remember that black people who are able to be employed, you know, at these prestigious firms and whatever, it's very much like an exception and not a rule and not a trend. Um, so I think, you know, you, you want to kind of talk about, you know, I went through a lot and I experienced this and I've achieved this despite everything that I've achieved. Um, but I think there's a lot of things that black people kind of can't control in relation to how the world sees them and how we're treated accordingly. But I think like this, cool. um, just... My mind's going blank. Like, I can't really think of, like, a direct example, but just... Even, I don't know, just, but just in, in terms of just even like trying to get into employment and, and ha- who, who is going to choose us and why they're going to choose us and, and, and things that we can't control in terms of like stereotypes that have been portrayed and pushed forward about black people through media. That's things that we can't control. Um, things about, you know, black people being aggressive, black women being angry, black men being hypersexualized. Those aren't necessarily things in our control, but I think this narrative about struggle is something that is a bit more in our control. And we don't always have to constantly emphasize how much of a struggle our existence has been in order to get to these places. And, and I think it also kind of ties in a bit with respectability politics and, 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 and things like that, because it's like to say that, you know, despite all of these things, in spite of all of these kind of struggles, I've made it over this other type of person and this other type of person hasn't made it, then I'm like a better kind of black person because I've struggled more and I've done this. And it's just like another way to, to, to kind of, I don't know, see more relatable. I feel like, I feel like sometimes, yeah, the only way to get into like these really big firms is to kind of play into that whole black struggle narrative. Like, Ade, yeah, imagine you're interviewing me, yeah, mm-hmm. and I've gotten decent grades, same grades as my white counterpart. Yeah. Yeah, and you're interviewing me, and you ask me all the regular questions. You ask me why I want to work here, then I'm like, listen, man, like, where I come from, everyone becomes a drug dealer. But I decided, nah, fam, this is true, <laughs> bro. This is good. But, but I decided that I wanted more, so I worked hard. I proved all of my friends wrong. No one thought I could do it. Now I'm here. What bruv, now? 
What? What now? Yeah, <laughs> you see me. I'm here. No, no, but I'm like, you get what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. if you're the interviewer mm-hmm. and you're hearing that from someone, it's persuasive. Like, it's persuasive, right? It's very persuasive. You're mm-hmm. like, rah. Even though I've gotten the same grades as this white guy, mm-hmm. it looks like my struggle has been more than his. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. I'm walking into that interview, what I could be saying is bullshit. But you believe me because I'm black. Mm-hmm. I could have grown up in Kingston. Do you know what I'm trying to I mean, man said Kingston, Kensington. Man said Kingston. I meant Kensington. Man said Kingston. Kingston. I don't know Kingston to be Man said, no, sorry. I could have grown, grown up in Kensington. I'll give you an example, right? There's one MP like this called, um, I think he calls himself Bip or Bim. He calls himself Bim in it. I don't remember his last name, but his name is Bim, yeah. So his dad was a doctor in the UK. Quite a wealthy family. I think his dad got thrown in prison, actually. His dad did a mad thing. I, I, don't, I don't know the details, but he went to Oxford. And obviously he came from a lot of wealth and privilege, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a member of the Conservative Party. Mm-hmm. Now, not cleverly, I don't think. No, 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 not cleverly. He's not, no, his name's Bim. He's not a prominent MP, oh, he's, he's a backbencher. Okay. He's a backbencher. Oh. No, you don't know him, but he, he's up and coming, bruv. This guy's intelligent and he's black. Mm-hmm. So he went to Oxford, you know, he's, he's basically, he even went to Eton, I think. He's one of them, yeah. Is that his name? Yeah, Bim, I thought, I thought, read it, please. <laughs> Wait, wait, I did, I did, I did, say it, say it, say it. I can't, I'm not good with... Bim Afolami. Yeah, Bim Afolami. So, you, you can see it there. Oh, Abimbola, yeah, Abimbola, yeah. Yeah, Abim, yeah, that's his full name, innit? So, obviously, with him now, yeah, it's a thing where if he was to walk into an interview, mm-hmm. he could milk that whole black struggle story and the interview would believe him. Little does he know that this guy grew up with money. <laughs> his dad's a doctor and, and he grew up, grew up yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and, and from wealth. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. So, I think... Blackness being tied with struggle is counterproductive because so it means it, that... It, it tokenizes the... Um, it tokenizes it, but it also allows people that are privileged to exploit it. But that's what I was saying to you guys earlier about the whole um, diversity thing when you talk about, you know, we want a black woman to be a CEO. So what? To do what? To do the same <laughs> things the white people are doing? You know, we want a no, black no. man president to, you know, to do the same things the white <laughs> presidents have been doing? No, but, but I, I get what I, you I mean think, in the sense I think, that I think black people are deluding themselves to think that just by having more black people in positions of power, mm-hmm. suddenly they'll start to care more about exactly. your issues. Yes. No, no, that, that, that's a delusion. I, I agree with you. But at the same time, I think the reason why that movement has kind of come about is because people that aspire to have those roles, mm-hmm. skin colour shouldn't be a barrier. If I want to be prime minister or I want to be... Um, an MP, mm-hmm. the colour of the skin, my skin shouldn't affect that, regardless of what policies I'm advocating. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I think that's where it stems from. You know, I think the, the, the main kind of, uh, or the, the underlying <laughs> issue is the fact that we, I think we're still at a place where we need to um, come to terms with and, ex- and accept that blackness exists in many, many forms. And that blackness can't be culminated into a singular working class, poverty-ridden experience. And that, you know, there are some black people who have, you know, they've come from privilege, they've had um, different experiences um, compared to um, a, a poorer black person. But, you know, they still achieved what they've achieved. And, like, it, and it still happened. And, like, I just feel like in, in terms of it, like, this whole thing of, like, oh, I need to, like, struggle or I need to, like, magnify and amplify my struggle and where I've been through... And I think, do you know, I think uh, the reason why I think that plays into a kind of respectability politics, because it's, it's like to say that, oh, it's like I, I could have been, um, you know, a drug dealer or this or that. But thank God I'm not because I was able to use my struggle. And then now I'm working at Goldman Sachs or I'm working do, do, at Morgan you know Stanley or, you know or wherever. And it kind of just... Let's I, not blame. I feel like it's okay. It's not, it's not, it's not to blame them. No, no, to... but I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, let's not blame black people for using their struggle to their advantage because we've had to flip it, right? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Now, yeah. Like for, for example, the white man has told you that you're supposed to be a criminal and you're supposed to be in prison. Now, if you then say, no, in fact, I want to study hard, mm-hmm. because if, if, let's, let's be real, right? The majority of black people, obviously, we talked about that BIM guy or whatever. He's a minority of black people. Mm-hmm. Majority of black people in this country aren't that rich. We don't have that much generational wealth. Do yeah. you get what I'm trying to say? So just on that alone, mm-hmm. of course, people are going to be using their struggles to help them get up a ladder. And I don't blame them for that. Let's actually blame the real perpetrators. So how do you the think pe- that ties into, I don't know if you guys remember this, when Trump said um, he doesn't want immigrants from shit old countries. Do you remember that? <laughs> And then um, a lot of um, situation. Yeah. Do you know what's mad about this whole immigration argument? Yeah? yeah. That I haven't really said. Black. I don't think people that are anti-immigration are intrinsically racist. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to put that out there. 
I think that within our own countries, mm-hmm. we've discriminated against groups of people. We've thrown people out of our country. Ghana, Moscow, <laughs> in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you call it? In, um, I think, Uganda. Mm-hmm. They got rid of all the Asians there. All yeah, the Asian businessmen. Yeah, that's even why um, our Home Secretary is currently our Home Secretary. Um, she is the daughter of Indian immigrants who were expelled. Yeah, yeah, from yeah. Uganda. Pretty Patel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were expelled from Uganda. So it's crazy to think that in the in the in the white Western world, they're the only people kicking people that don't look like them out. People have been doing that. That's the way human society is. Mm-hmm. If you're a minority and you're different, you'll be kicked out of the country. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That's just the way it is. Um, what you said about the whole Trump saying he doesn't want people coming from shit old countries. He's chatting shit. No, no, no. Because the majority, but, the majority, the, no, but it's true, fam. No, no, He's well, I, I didn't even, Because the majority even, of the people, fam, what you have to understand, right, mm-hmm. is immigrants in general make a net contribution to the country. But I wasn't talking about any of that. What I meant to say was, you guys were talking about obviously people using that struggle kind of thing. After that, you had a lot of people posting on um, social media, like, you know, their beautiful houses and talking about, oh, if this is a shithole, then et cetera, et cetera. So we're trying to say basically, oh, look how nice it is. Even though obviously a lot of people- Even that whole thing of like, they'll put the picture of the mansion and the hut and it's like, oh, they think- people, Yeah, exactly, yeah, hut. yeah. It's like, but it's both. Exactly. And you need to accept that it's both. And you need to accept the value in the existence of both of those yes, things. Exactly. No, exactly. but you know even oh, what annoys me, bruv, about the whole hut and, and mansion picture, yeah? Mm-hmm. I think that picture is even just, to show how much those people are exploiting exactly, exactly. <laughs> their, own, their, own, their own people. They're snitching on their own selves. They're snitching telling on themselves. Yeah, you're right. Brother, obviously, this is a bit off topic here, but I think this even ties into it, right? When um, international students, because what's interesting is when you go into universities, mm-hmm. they see black people, and even some universities do BAME because there's not enough black people in their uni. But let's focus on that. They see black people as one entity. They don't acknowledge the fact that there's some black people that are international students who come with their own different set of struggles. And there's some students that are black British, as in they were raised in this country and have their own issues. Mm-hmm. And the black attainment gap, right, which is something that affects the black community, it is essentially when people, black people enter the university with the same A-level grades as they were counterpart and leave university with worse grades. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You are more likely to get a worse grade in university than your white counterpart. That's just a fact. And when people talk about the whole um, ba- um, black attainment gap, they come at it from, oh, it's because of we're, we're bringing in people from international. They don't understand um, British culture and British ethics. But that's that's BS, <laughs> I'm trying to say. Because the people, people that are... are from yeah, yeah, the people that are homegrown are the ones doing the worst. Okay. The, the, the worst, you get what I'm trying to say. And we have to understand about international students. They've got a lot of flipping money. Yes. yes. <laughs> They've got a lot of flipping money. Yeah. Wait, I didn't know Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, let's be, let's I be real. I genuinely did not have any idea of how wealthy let's, people could be let, until it, I came to uni. In, international students, right, yeah, they are able to pay the fees, which are more expensive than 9K. They're like 20, 26K right and their parents also have to pay for their living expenses these people often tend to live in the nicest houses in university yeah they're not flipping poor do you know what i'm trying to say but because of their blackness they receive so much support they should be actually be going to british born people and obviously that sounds mad i sound like um a conservative <laughs> let's be real <laughs> i sound like a conservative oh british born people should be given i'm not, to, to be fair let me not say british born because now that's wrong not british born but people that grew up in this country should be given more of of um more attention than people that come from privileged privileged backgrounds in other countries so it's more of a class issue than that yeah no it's, if I'm, everything is to do with class man i've been trying to tell I've you been this saying this no no I, this is what me and rashida argue about oh, fam okay, she's okay, always okay. talking about intersectionality this yeah, inter- yeah, 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 yeah okay yeah. intersectionality exists right but if you're if you're black and upper class your race doesn't mean anything yeah exactly because money speaks 100 money speaks i wouldn't say it doesn't mean no it does it does it does it does i think it means you're at the lowest of the low in terms of the rich people I think it means something. I think it means something. I really do. Um, because it, it means something, but in different ways. And I think there's even, I, I was reading something. Let me, let me see if I can still kind of find it. I don't know. It was like, because now we're kind of getting into race versus class kind of thing. Yeah. But... Um, you know, it, 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 there was, there's, there's kind of, this is also kind of an, an American-based study because obviously, you know, we know the Americans are running this race and class conversation, but there's a, there was a report that was made by the Stanford Economist and it found that racial disparities affect both um, rich and poor 
black boys specifically and they looked at how it affected young black boys and you know with a poor black boy you're likely to remain in poverty but with the wealthy black boy you're two times like more likely than your white counterpart to fall, to down. fall down into poverty so i wouldn't say maybe we could say that race becomes less of a factor but i think this and, and even like but i think this ability to transcend race unless you're some sort of like celebrity if you're just an ordinary working person, to transcend race really and truly is difficult. And you're what do you always mean transcend race. In, in in terms of like so they always I remember they, they, they said this a lot about Muhammad Ali when he passed away. They were like, he transcended race. To the point it, it, and, and by by transcend I mean that he became bigger than the fact that he was a black man because he was able to mean something to white people. Him being black didn't matter anymore. But listen, the only times where um you know white Whereas countries we can will see claim you is several... if you win them gold medals. Exactly, and, you and that's, do that, that's what, you do but that's what we're saying, and that's, that's that's the problematicness of it all. That people love to, especially white people, they love to uh, with 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 celebrities, Michael Jackson, Muhammad Ali, Whitney Houston. They transcended race and they came and they rose above their blackness or they rose above their African-Americanness, but they no, were but, only able to do that because if no, they didn't mean anything to, say, to white people, then that wouldn't have happened. No, but what but I'm there's trying still to say barriers that, that they encountered no, but you, because you know of their race. Deep, deep, the, 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 the actual topic we're talking about, yeah, we're talking about um, people, the, the blackness being tied to struggle, right? Mm -hmm. Deep what she just said, how white people are saying he was able to transcend race. <laughs> they're, basically get, they're basically continuing this narrative, mm. bruv, that look, Black people are always going to have struggle. If you can overcome it, we'll clap and cheer. Do you know what I'm trying to yeah, say? But I think his, but his struggle wasn't more about to do with him, him being black. It was more about the fact that he was opposing militarism. And that was... But him opposing militarism... Militarism? That word? Militarism. But yes, that was he got thrown in prison. Yeah, yeah, because he didn't want to. He didn't want to. He didn't accept his draft into the Vietnam War. That's fair enough. But when he, when he, when you see his interviews and, and his reasoning, mm -hmm. there was a very racialized aspect to that reasoning. What was and a racialized he, aspect? In, in, in terms that he was saying that he doesn't believe in in how how, how can a um, the Americans rely on on you know they, they they don't treat me as a human being in my own country. No, no, he's called, he's, and how yeah. can I be expected to go and fight for this country that doesn't fight yeah, for me? Yeah, he, in said the, country? Yeah, he said the, he said the Viet Cong game called me no N word. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So even though he did the, the, he did oppose that militarism, there was also a very racialized aspect to that, and it and it's an, an example okay. of how his you know he was Muhammad Ali, but his blackness still was something that was very much there and present despite all his economic you, let me, success. Let me tell you. Let me tell you someone. But I just feel like in a weird way the black struggle has been hijacked by people that shouldn't really be saying it with the example i gave you earlier because even let's use obama for example right I, I i'm not like you i don't dislike obama but i know you dislike him i did in it what's but the like, like what's the like about this guy no, i just uh -oh. i just don't really i just don't really hate him as much as you it's not like i love him he's a cool guy i think he's done well becoming the first black president of america but i digress let's um focus right so in his election campaign mm -hmm. he ran on this narrative um Oh, what was it? You, yes, you, we can. No, not yes, we can, fam. You used to say this. Oh, my white... You used, used to say this a lot. My white mother and my black father, yeah? Okay, Obama didn't know his father, number one. He was raised by his white mother, mm -hmm. yeah? Number two, number three, his mother was quite wealthy. Yeah. Not superly wealthy, but they were middle class. Mm -hmm. Enough to give him, like, a good education. Access and, and opportunities. Yeah, and access and opportunities and stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And in a way, you can say that black people resonated with him, his colour of the skin, not his struggle. Because I'm telling you, Obama didn't struggle like some of the people <laughs> struggled yeah. in America. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Now, would you not agree that he basically exploited race for his own benefit? I'm not. And, and another thing as well, I'm not saying that Obama only won because he was black mm -hmm. and he was able to capture the black vote. Because I think Obama, at the time, was an incredibly great speaker. If he was white, he would have won. Same conditions. If he was white, he would have won. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Probably. But I think that he did exploit the colour of his skin to a certain degree, and you can't deny that. Yeah, because it, it was more of a class issue. Again, it's what we do more. We see about race versus class. To me, again, I think it was because he was talk speaking to that incredible, because what we really do have, like, you know, people always say in terms of like people that like activism and stuff like that, the divide is not between white and black. It's really between rich and poor. And what you've always had when you look at any issue, when you talk with, I knew you were saying earlier as well, like, you know, it's not a new thing. I don't agree. Any, you don't think they're defined. I'll give you I another statistic agree. here. You know, in schools, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm not sure if you've heard of this show. It's on the BBC. It's called um, The Big Question. 
Big but, questions, but, 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 and I think one of one of the topics they had here on the first episode here was um, is the UK letting down white working class boys because statistically white working class boys do the worst across all demographics. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, when you zoom into that, yeah, and you start looking, and you start comparing them with their black counterparts. Black people, yes, on average, do better than white working class boys. So, black working class boys do better than white working class boys. However, yeah, black Caribbean boys that are second and third generation immigrants do about the same as white working class boys, mm. which shows you that it's everything to do with culture and nothing to do with race. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Nothing. Now, culturally, Africans, the majority of Africans are probably first, or well, I'm a first generation immigrant. My mum came in the 90s. I'm not sure, are they your first oh, or second? Oh, I came in 2010, so. Okay, so, so you're, yeah, first generation yeah. as well. So culturally, a lie at home, there's this, you know, you have to study. Mm. You have to Let's work hard at school, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if, if you've kind of been kind of, um, brought up in this country or you have kids in this country they will be more similar to the, the they'll be more similar culturally to the people that already exist here yeah, yeah. so 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 the reason why um but before Caribbean it can even do the same, be seen that they are more culturally because to know that someone's culturally similar i don't mean culturally similar in terms of tradition no, tradition, i just mean in just terms of mindset in terms yeah. of mindset but to even understand what someone's mindset is you have to talk you have to converse with them you have to build some sort of relationship to be able to identify what their mindset is you're going to see that someone's black before you know anything about them. And with that is going to come a set of preconceived notions which may or may not be broken down. But, like, it's it's possible. So people, you know, your, your, your economic status has everything to do with the society around you and how you're able to move up the social mobility ladder has a lot to do with the society around you and how it and how it works but and what I think, I'm trying to say I think is, for us to completely deny that race has nah, an impact no one completely or, denied it no you <laughs> said you literally said they're going to play it back I no, don't know I if I'm going to be able to quote it but they're going to play it back I said and class you said, is more you said important. it had nothing to do and I'm saying no, no, no. it doesn't have nothing to Come do on, it has a lot to no, no, do I think if I had to agree with either of you I'd probably agree with Toby I cool. think Kazi, it's, it's closer you, to nothing let me, than let me, what let me, let me, No, no, hold on. Let me give you a couple more statistics. Let's not lie here. Okay, cool. Race is, will always be a factor, man. Look, when someone looks at you. But what I'm trying to say is in this day and age, if you've got a good rags to riches story, people will hire you because people love hearing that shit. I'm not making this up. You they go do, on LinkedIn. But Wait, hold on. You, not, you go on LinkedIn. Not a, it's not, this is not a, a, a story or a scenario that applies to the majority. This isn't, an, this is, this is, no. this, is a, this isn't a scenario that is reflective of the institution and how it's built and what purpose it's built to serve. Uh, You're wait, talking Kazi, about Kazi, people who you succeed think... in spite. No, 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 but, but Kazi, Kazi, no, no, yeah, they do succeed in spite. And, Kazi, and what is that system built me, on? The system is built Kazi, yeah, racism. You, you, you agree, yeah, that black people, yeah, we kind of have to, we, we basically, especially if you're, if you come from like a working class background and you're black, you need to, to really climb that ladder, like that ladder is yeah, steep. Yeah, absolutely. And that ladder does not want you to reach the top. I, I agree with you. Yeah, if you're black and working class, but why, you're why, less the question I'm succeed. asking is, However, why is that ladder there? No, no, but what I'm trying to say, no, no, but what I'm trying to say is that what people have stopped turning their attention to is class, bruv. Look, okay, cool. I'll give you another example. Seven percent of people in the UK are privately educated. Of those people, that seven percent, they occupy fifty percent of the top jobs, bruv. Fifty percent. Mm. <laughs> the British media is ninety percent privately who educated are most people. Likely to be privately educated. Pardon? Who are the people who are most likely to fulfill and to fit that? Yeah, 7%? white people. Yeah, no, no, but, but, exactly. that. but no, but it's no, only white people in this country. What about Nigeria? No, no, no. All the privately educated wealthy people are black. No, no, but they look like us. We're talking about in the context of Britain and what we're talking about here. Do you know what's even jokes? Do you know what's even jokes? Yeah, what we just said. You know what's even funny. There was an international student I was talking to here. We were just talking about like life in general and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was saying when she came here, right, she honestly thought that this country was different to, to Nigeria. Obviously, Britain is different, but she was basically saying she didn't think that everything was about networking and people you know. Because you know in Nigeria, That's what it doesn't say, matter yeah. what skills you have, mm-hmm. as long as you know someone, you can get a job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She thought that here, yeah, all you needed to do was get a first in uni and work oh. hard in uni. Oh. But then she learned the hard way that it's not just about that, bruh. You gotta be grinding. No, you no, gotta no, be that's networking. That's what I agree with what you're saying. And, 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 and it's nepotism. Do you get yeah, what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And then she realized, rah, like, okay, it's not much different. Yeah, it's I not much different. That, and 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 she's privileged because she, if, even if she doesn't get a job here, because she doesn't know no one here, in it. Mm-hmm. She wants to go back to Nine. From she's got a job hooked up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, I'm trying to say. So she has a privilege over fellow black people exactly, in Nigeria, exactly. because of the class. Exactly. It's, just, it's just when she not, comes here, me and her. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's not like especially if we're gonna talk I don't know, I, you guys are giving an international example but if we're gonna talk about the UK r- the UK I don't think it's a even this idea of race v class I don't think it's an either or situation I think they both work together and the product of that is disproportionate access disproportionate um, lack of opportunities for black people for other ethnic minorities and that's just it and i think we need to stop looking at and and even this whole divide by this divide of race and class Mm -hmm. is what enables white people to maintain their rhetoric and and, and to justify and that's what enables them to justify why we shouldn't invest in 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 local communities full of more ethnic minorities and we need to think more about how race and class work together to disadvantage people and i think they're more linked than you're giving it credit you know i I hear what you're saying yeah have you heard of of something called target oxbridge target oxbridge it's like um some initiative cambridge and oxford like kind of launch to get more black people at Oxford. Right. Yeah. So it's can't, be, some, can't some, be that good if we haven't heard of. But, but listen, <laughs> yeah. But listen, but listen. No, no, no. It's recent, isn't it? So they're not really targeting no, people our age. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that there's, in fact, is the reason why we haven't heard about it is because there's a certain type of black people Oxford and Cambridge will uh, accept. There's a kind. Because uh, deep it, bro. No man has standards, bro. Yeah. If you if you ain't got money, if you're not middle class, they don't want you in their university. Mm. The problem with society is, of course, it had at one point it was race. Your, your race could stop you from getting a loan, bruv. Your race could stop you from getting a house. Getting a house yeah. Legally, there's, there's protections for that and discrimination still happens. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest issue facing black people, especially because we're at the bottom of the um, economic system currently, is class I agree. at the end of the day. And and you see when I even said about um, um, black, um, black working class boys from African descent doing mm-hmm. a lot better than um, white working class boys, um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're doing better than middle class, their middle class white or black counterparts. They're not. Mm. If you if you look at the academic performance of most students, it's it's completely based on class. Mm. Even when Labour were in power exactly. and invested record numbers of education, mm-hmm. what happened was everyone's education just went up. Yeah. The gap between the, the richest and the poorest didn't change. Yeah. It was still relatively mm. every everyone just got a better standard of education, the rich and poor. Yeah. Do you get know what I'm trying so to say? So, so, you so want, we've yeah. got we've got the education. Do you've made your point about education, but then how does that now translate, translate to into the working world and okay, into, the working so world. because we we are okay, well cool. we're, we're well aware of the fact that you can get all the a's and you can get all the excellent grades but there's going to be a barrier to stop you from working with this firm or working what i'm with trying that to say person. to you is that you and know in most firms yeah right you know like, no 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 but what i'm trying to say yeah, in most firms that are actively trying to recruit black people right the kinds of people they're trying to recruit yeah. are the people that already have some degree of privilege. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And and, and their, their privilege isn't obtained through their skin colour because of course it isn't. It's obtained through their class. So like they, went to, a nice, they went to a nice uni. They went to a nice uni, yeah. do you get what I'm trying to say? Or they've had certain yeah. privileges, mm-hmm. do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. To get into that room. And then what they then do is pretend as if they were poor or so that re- poor. Retroactively, yeah. yeah so retro- they, once they just say the numbers of black people we have is this, everyone's going to think of like yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. So, like, so, 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 so if, let's say, for example, I'm middle class or upper class now, mm-hmm. and I'm being interviewed, I'm not going to tell him I'm middle and upper class. I'm not going to tell him I went to... Obviously, I mean, he's going to know I went to Eton and Oxford, but I'm going to say my parents were poor and I worked damn hard. That's what I'm going to say. That's, that's, that's what the... You know our current um, chancellor, Rishi Sunak, he yeah. was in one of the debates... And what he was saying was that, oh yeah, we want to build a Britain that's about, you know, my parents when they came here, even though his parents are like very rich. Yeah, they were. And he's, he went to Goldman Sachs. You know so he's not he, like. No, wait, hold on. You know the person, person he married? You know the person he married, yeah? Who? Um, the per- so, Rishi, Rishi. Yeah, Rishi, Rishi. Yeah. You know his the dad, her dad or whatever, yeah? So you know he's like. His father, his father, his father, yeah, he's like a gazillionaire, bro. Oh, he's one of them Indian, Indian rich tycoons, and, and, and he he still used that example. And, and man, even, man, even, man even started, he worked at Goldman, then he started his own fund. Oh, but just because yeah. people exploit that black struggle, that doesn't mean that, you know, that society, that, that it's because that, that class is like a great. No, but barrier. what I'm saying is, because it's people... But I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying the, black struggle, the black struggle is always there and you can always use that narrative. So more time, what we should focus in on is trying to get people from underprivileged backgrounds, people Period. that come from poorer yeah. backgrounds yeah. To, to climb up the ladder. Yeah, so all of them. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. All of them, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and let's be real, right? I mean, the media are trying to say oh, white, white working class are doing better than, are doing worse than any other counterpart. That's always been the case, bruv. Before black people <laughs> existed, no. But before black people came into the country, were the white working class people not doing worse in schools? Mm. Why, why did they not care? Mm. Why is it that when black working class boys are doing slightly better mm. because, because of, you know, um, cultural aspects yeah. and stuff like that? So it's about like universal programs. So if you have a universal program to invest in all schools, it's not just like, oh, schools <coughs> in black areas, is that what you're saying? Or? No, no, no. My main solution is that 
we need to kind of look at where people come from as opposed to or where people start as opposed to just the color of their skin do you know what i'm trying to say okay. i think it's very easy to see someone as black and oh yeah they came from the hood where they came from a very troubled background, da, yeah. da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. and people will milk it, bruv. I've milked it. But then that's I've how, had to that, milk that's it. That's how we draw. That's how we're able to unify how race and class. No, work. but what I'm trying to say by is everyone's experience is, is different. But by, that's what I'm saying. By acknowledging that there are various experiences that exist within the black. But what diaspora, I'm trying to say is the people that are benefiting still, from. You're able to still establish a link between race and class, but then you're also able to give examples of other people who experience that privilege and that maybe race would be less of a factor but i just think that what we can't deny in general is that race and class have been linked Mm. and are still consistently and realistically linked for a lot of people everywhere and the 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 fact that you know some wealthier more privileged black people exploit that black struggle and that narrative that's just i mean i think that's very disgusting and it's a very... <laughs> no, I don't it's think a, it's disgusting. It's a very... It's no, no, a no, very no, I, I think it's a very... I think, I think they're doing what they've got to do, bruv. I, I think, think they're doing what they've got to do. Thing. No, no, no. It's like... And, and, and you're saying they're doing, they're doing what they've got to do, but because they're black. So that's, that just goes to show that even regardless of their class, they still there's still a race element in there in which they're using the negative stereotypes and images and portrayals of black people to get ahead. Yeah, so, so that's what I'm saying, yeah, that yeah. race and class are still linked. I, I'm not saying... Because they're no, using Kazi, Kazi, those Kazi, imaginations Kazi, 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 of, what I'm not, I'm not of black people as poor, they're using that imagination of black people as poor to get ahead Kazi, even yeah. though they are. Kazi, I'm not saying they're not linked. Of course they are. Yeah, intersectionality. Look, if you're black, you're you're f- more likely not to do as well in life as other as your white counterparts. That's just a fact. But what I am saying is that we need to start paying more attention to the backgrounds of these people. Okay, when when a firm has a program, right, mm-hmm. and are saying, okay, we want to start letting in black people. Yeah. Who are the beneficiaries of these new schemes? Yeah, true. Is it the people that are at the bottom of society yeah, that yeah. need an extra leg up? Yeah. Or is it people that probably would have gotten the jobs anyway? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So if you're saying you would have real, said that to the people that the real, in that no, position, no, 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 because what you have to understand right here is the only way we're really going to end racism and kind of discrimination is if people that come from underprivileged backgrounds, and I'm talking economically, mm-hmm. start to get into more senior positions. You can't say to me, yeah, is, is, is what, even coming back to your example, you can't say to me, yeah, someone that has been spoon-fed um, buckets of, of money mm-hmm. throughout their entire life yeah. and are now being given a fantastic opportunity to serve it. Someone else is more deserving of it. Mm. Okay. But um, I, th- I think, I think um, we've kind of touched all the nuances that you didn't really have much to contribute. I was just listening. listening. I was interested because I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't really... Um, I don't really think much about race in that way, so it was nice to hear from you guys and right, see cool. your perspective. Um, so you said we were going to do another topic in it mm. about um, what was it? Uh, political correctness. Yeah. Political correctness. PC. You know where it is, yeah. I think I think this episode is overran, so I'm probably going to do it next time. So yeah, um, tune in to the next episode of um, the Work Weekly podcast. Take care. Peace from Toby. Ade. Uh, see you next time.